Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com to look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game store. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24 at myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. We are climbing toward 500 subscribers, so let's get to that mark. And thank you to everyone who follows me on Twitter because I finally reached the 1,000 follower plateau on my personal account. So thank you to everyone there as well. But for today's podcast, we have to talk about that D-backs series against the LA Dodgers where the D-backs completely dominated the LA Dodgers in the last three games, specifically the last two games because the D-backs had an offensive onslaught in the last three games of this series. The D-backs scored more runs in this series against the Dodgers than any other series against their, against LA in franchise history. The D-backs scored 32 runs in four games against the Dodgers, and they were able to do that a lot of times with the two-out RBI, which we'll get into a little bit later. D-backs pummeled the Dodgers on Saturday and Sunday. D-backs come back on Friday against Clint Kershaw with a couple of solo home runs back-to-back from Evan Longoria and Corbin Carroll. And now, the first 10 games of 2023, the D-backs have five wins against the Dodgers. You know how many wins they had against the Dodgers in 2022? Five. The D-backs have already matched their win total against their arch rival from last season in just 10 games. It was a great series win. And honestly, there's not too much bad to talk about this series from the D-backs against the LA Dodgers. A lot more good than bad in this series. And so typically I do the good and the bad from the game, the good and the bad from the series. But for this podcast i think segment number one is going to be the good and segment number two is going to be more good from this series because there's so much i want to talk about and hit on and i think i'll first start here because i just mentioned the two out rbi stat the d-backs 18 two out rbis in this series that means there was two outs on the board there was a runner in scoring position and the d-backs came through i think the d-backs in total were like 
18 for 38 were runners in scoring position this series, like some insane number. The D-backs seem to do most of their work when two outs. Whenever the pressure was on, I don't know why, but when there was two outs on the board, the D-backs hitters just seemed to lock in. That's when the hit parade was going from the Thomases to the Perdomos to the Paven Smith on Sunday to the, um, you go back to Saturday's game with the Ketel Martes and the Corbin Carrolls, and you go on and on. Everyone has been hot in this D-backs lineup over the last three games. And you look at Saturday and Sunday's game, I think Christian Walker and Jake McCarthy, they were both over on Saturday, but then everyone on Sunday was able to get a hit. So D-backs offense broke out in a big way this series. The next thing I want to talk about that was a big positive from this weekend series was the speed by the D-backs because the D-backs had eight steals in the last three games and now lead Major League Baseball in stolen bases. We talked about how team speed was going to be a huge advantage for the D-backs this season, and you can just tell with the new pickoff attempt rules after the pitcher throws one or two pitches over to first base, and once he hits the rule limit and he can't throw over anymore, the D-backs runners are off to the bases, or excuse me, off for the races because they are taking every single base that they're, whenever the uh, a D-back speedster gets on, you don't even have to be a speedster, but feels like anytime someone with at least a little bit of speed on the D-backs get on the base, they are taking extra bases. They are trying to steal bases. They are trying to create opportunities. And even if they're not stealing bases, how many times this series did we see someone go from second to third? You know, we saw Gurriel on Saturday being aggressive with his triple or trying to go to second Never there was a throw down at home. Jake McCarthy, I think in Sunday's game, had that. It looked like a routine single to the gapper, and then he just kept rounding first base and was able to turn into a double. Like the D-backs, not just with stolen bases, but just taking extra bases on uh, on base hits and throws down to home plate. Like the D-backs were creating so much havoc on the bases. Like you could just tell these Dodgers pitchers were distracted by the D-backs base runners, and it's such a great feeling. D-backs are creating havoc. D-backs are creating chaos, and they can do it with the small ball. They can do it with gap power. They were hitting balls down the line. D-backs are doing it all with their team speed, and that was another thing that stuck out to me this series. And then the final thing I want to talk about in segment number one before we wrap up, it's just the Alec Thomas breakout because Alec Thomas was getting me a little worried because entering Saturday's game, I think Alec Thomas was 0 for 16 on the season. And there was definitely some regression, some positive regression coming to Alec Thomas's way because if you looked at the stat cast numbers on Alec Thomas, like he had a lot of red for his hard hits, his exit velocity, like a lot of the numbers advanced Hard contact numbers suggested Alec Thomas was swinging a good bat. It just wasn't turning into any results. And then you look at the last two games for Alec Thomas. He's broken out in a big way because in Saturday's game, Alec Thomas was 4 for 4 with two runs. And RBI just looked fantastic. Saturday's game had a triple in that game. It looked like at one point he might have been working on a cycle, but that didn't happen. And then in Sunday's game, Alec Thomas once again, just one for five, just once again looked comfortable at the plate, swung a good bat. You know, just nice to see Alec Thomas after so much unfortunate and bad luck swinging the bat where he had a lot of atom balls, a lot of line drives that were just going right to the defenders. Alec Thomas seemed to find all the gaps and holes in the defense the last couple games against the LA Dodgers. And 
I just love to see a confident Alec Thomas made some fantastic plays defensively in center field as well. I thought he was going to make a crazy defensive play where I think it was off the bat of J.D. Martinez, that triple, like his glove just couldn't reach out far enough. Um, excuse me, my allergies are acting up a little bit right now. Sorry if you heard that sniffle. Alec Thomas couldn't reach out far enough with just maybe a few inches away from his glove. I mean, I would love to see the stat cast on how many feet he traveled trying to track down that fly ball from J.D. Martinez because he covered a lot of ground. Unfortunately, not able to make the play, but Alec Thomas was a huge contributor in this series and feels like the last two games, it felt like his name was all over these offensive stands that the D-backs put together. So it was nice to see Alec Thomas break out in a very big way. And for the D-backs, I mean, you see this lineup. The lineup is deep. Mike Hazen has done a great job this past offseason to really build depth with his D-backs team. And if you ever want to be a baseball GM like Mike Hazen and build a roster and try to bring your team to the postseason, then you need to download the Ultimate Baseball GM app because Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I've ever played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great Major League GM. And as it turns out, um, guys, it is not that easy because if you've had the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own franchise, go download the Pro Baseball GM app immediately. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons, and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. The simulation you're responsible for, hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing through difficult personalities and injuries, navigating a franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. I love the game because as a kid, I love doing fantasy and I love doing the GM version on basically any MLB The Show or 2K game I played and seeing it in an app that I could take with me on the go. Play against my friends is the best thing because I'm doing it against the other lockdown hosts and guess what? My Phoenix Pirate squad is destroying the other lockdown hosts. So if you want the same feeling that I have against your own friends, then you need to download the Pro Baseball GM app. Lockdown Dimebacks listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Just visit ProBaseballGM.com, scan the code, or look it up on the App Store. That's ProBaseballGM.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. And I want to talk to you guys about Rocket Money because are rising prices stressing you out? If you're looking for ways to cut costs, you need Rocket Money because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like that Stars app, just to watch one show, or that free gaming trial you never actually use. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscription for you and for any you don't want to pay anymore. Just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away. 
Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockdownmlb. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockdownmlb. Rocketmoney.com slash lockdownmlb. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss some more things that I really like from this D-back series because the D-backs, once again, just straight pummeled the Dodgers in this series. And it is not something that we get to see often where the D-backs get to assert their dominance over their big brother, arch nemesis, LA Dodgers. And it was honestly just crazy to see just how confident these D-backs players are were at the plate how locked in they were at the plate i mean it felt like they were just teeing off against any dodgers pitcher basically from the fourth fifth inning on from friday to the end of sunday's game i thought that i thought the d-backs were going to score like 18 runs a game with how they played the last two games against the dodgers honestly just shocking because we've talked about how much of a struggle this d-backs offense has been all season how they were not really scoring a lot of runs, a lot of one-run ball games where they just had to kind of plan the margins, maybe use a couple bunts to give themselves a lead later in games, and then just absolutely broke out offensively in a big way the last three games against the Dodgers in this series. So let's talk about some other positives because just a quick fun fact that I wrote down here that that was kind of fun. On Saturday in the big D-backs offensive explosion, they drew no walks on Saturday. I just thought that was pretty fun. Like the D-backs had 17 hits, 12 runs, and no walks drawn. And then on Sunday, they had only four walks drawn, but they hit no home runs on Sunday, 11 runs, 16 hits and no home runs that is showing you the D-backs don't need the long ball and they don't need to get on base at least via the walk like they are a con they can go via the contact machine route singles doubles triples and just kill you with the gap power and then if they do get on base you know they're going to wreak havoc and just wait until they not only combine that contact hitting but also the ability to get on base together because once you combine that the ability to draw walks, and you're hitting the ball at the same time, then that's when your speed is going to be taken to the next level. Because right now, the D-backs are actually one of the better teams in Major League Baseball and not striking out. They just don't turn their non-strikeouts into walks. They could do a few more of that with the hit- with the hitting that they show from this past weekend. Then their team speed will be even more valuable than what it already is, which is a crazy statement to say. The next big positive takeaway that I had from this series, Ryan Nelson on Sunday. Yeah, he was kind of shaky throughout the game, that first and third inning especially, but he is the first D-back starter this season to have a quality start. Six innings, three earned runs, and definitely helped with how much offensively the D-backs put on the board because after the fourth inning, it was 9-3. to After the fifth inning, it was 10-3, to 11-3. So it's like, yeah, we're going to keep Ryan Nelson out there, even though he might have been a little bit shaky when you have a 6-7 run lead. You feel a little bit more confident leaving your starter out there. How about this positive takeaway that I didn't know that I was going to have before Sunday's game? Baven Smith back in the lineup and looking good because Paven Smith with Kyle Lewis going on the injury list, they called Paven Smith back up. It was basically Paven Smith versus Kyle Lewis for that final 
spring training roster spot and Cal Lewis was the one that won it. But so far, Pavin Smith through one game might have had a better game than any Cal Lewis has had so far this season. Pavin Smith immediately inserted into the number three spot in the lineup, which, listen, I won't quibble about today because Pavin Smith had a great game. But in the future, I might have a little conversation with Toy Lavello. But for at least Sunday's game, Pavin Smith, two for four, two runs, three RBIs, and it just felt like him and Perdomo and Josh Rojas, like that combination one, two, three, just got so many different offensive um, explosions going throughout this game, got so many sequences going throughout this game. It felt like those three were really a nice grouping together. So I just loved how Pavin Smith looked in this game, immediately started off in the top, uh, or excuse me, in the bottom of the first inning when the D-backs were trailing one nothing. You got Josh Rojas to get it started with a double, and then Pavin Smith was able to bring him home as well with a double on his own. Actually, I don't remember if... Josh Rojas had a double in that first inning. But regardless, Paven Smith was able to bring him home with double down the line and just showed a lot more confidence than we've seen in the past. I thought Paven Smith was swinging a good bat. Like, this is never someone that's going to be a high-power guy. But Paven Smith has shown that he could be a quality, like, contact hitter. Like, the biggest issue with Paven Smith as to why he's not really going to have a long leash with the D-backs, or at least why people didn't think he had a high offensive ceiling and people were kind of soured on Paven Smith entering the season is because defensively, kind of a liability. Don't really have a spot where you could play Paven Smith. Like, you can't really play first base defensively, especially when you have Christian Walker there. Christian Walker doesn't miss games, so kind of rare for Paven Smith to back him up um, as a first baseman. Can't put him in the outfield because he's really bad there. So that just kind of leaves the DH spot. And the D-backs already have so many lefties on this team. And they really needed like righty platoon power. So it's like, where do you put Paven Smith? But he showed today that he is a quality hitter. And there, what was it, 2021 where he batted like 270-something? Like Paven Smith is a pretty decent hitter. He just doesn't have a lot of power. So I like that Paven Smith showed out in his first start of the season. How about this from the last couple games? Josh Rojas, just the leadoff machine. I loved how he's looked as the leadoff hitter. The last couple games for the D-backs in Saturday's game, he had three hits. In Sunday's game, he had three hits as well. Josh Rojas just looks locked in at the plate right now. And it's a real conversation between him and Perdomo, who's the hottest player on this D-backs team. And it's probably Perdomo is the answer because Perdomo... Uh, has a better average than Rojas, a better OBP, and he has an 813 slugging. I think Perdomo has like a 13, 1400 like OPS right now. Like Perdomo is absolutely on fire, which brings me into my next positive takeaway that I want to talk about before we wrap up segment number two. Gerardo Perdomo, Nick Ahmed, just the combination of both of them at shortstop has just been such a a nice surprise, I want to say, because I've probably talked since I've, you know, this is my fourth season as the Lockdown Dimebacks host, and I think since day one, I've always been down on Nick Ahmed. I think I probably had way more slander than D-backs fans would want, but it's because I'm a guy that loves offensive players. You know, if I had a player that leans defense or leans offense, I'm always going to pick the offensive stud with that's a maybe a defensive liability as opposed to the defensive wizard that maybe is an offensive liability and Nick Ahmed he's way more than he Nick Ahmed is not an offensive liability he's a quality major leaguer when it comes to what he can do at the plate and so far this season he's been really good 333 average to just look really good at the plate two for five on Sunday and he's also showing you he's not a slow cat either two stolen bases on Sunday now has three 
for the season, and he's one of the league leaders or one of the team leaders for the D-backs so far. And then Geraldo Perdomo, like I just brought up, like, let me just tell you his slash line because it's insane because Perdomo went two for five on Sunday. And after Sunday's performance, he's batting 438, a 571 OBP, and an 813 slugging. Our shortstop position has been one of strength so far for the D-backs this season. And it's like, how can we get more Nick Ahmed and Perdomo in the lineup, like, should Perdomo or Nick Ahmed, one of them, be the DH when there's a lefty on the mound as opposed to, like, a Kyle Lewis or something like that because of how hot they are right now? Like, it's an insane question to have because we thought the Gurriels, the Evan Longoria's of the world were going to be the DH for the D-backs, the Kyle Lewis of the world. But so far with how the season has started, like, yeah. Gurriel and Evan Longoria and Kyle Lewis are definitely still in that conversation, but maybe the most optimal optimal lineup right now, at least through the first 10 games, if you want an overreaction, get Nick Ahmed and Perdomo in the lineup together as much as possible because they're both swinging a hot bat for this D-backs team. And now I want to talk a little bit about the, I want to talk a little bit about the next game for the D-backs and what's going on with Zach Davies because it looks like he might be hitting the injured list. But before we get there, I want to talk about our new sponsor, So Rare, because it's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, Excuse me. So rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competition and rewards. MLB Game Weeks happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle at the end of game weeks so rare mlb managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards which can include so rare scarcity cards game tickets merchandise signed jerseys and vip experiences like meeting mlb stars Prizes may vary depending on the competition. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss a little bit about what happened to Zach Davies on Friday because Zach Davies was going head-to-head with Clayton Kershaw and wasn't looking like the normal self, wasn't looking like normal Zach Davies. Actually, he wasn't going to head-to-head with Clayton Kershaw. Excuse me. He was going head-to-head with Noah Syndergaard on Saturday and Davies did not look like his normal self. He was struggling with his command. He had four walks. At one point, he walked in a... He walked in a run, and I was like, listen, Davies, I know he's not an elite pitcher, but as your number five, he's been able to hold it down, and command is one of his telling points. He's usually a guy that doesn't walk a ton of dudes, and when you're starting to walk in runs, you could tell there's something wrong, and Davies was 
Davies was eventually taken out of of uh, was taken out of Saturday's game with injury, and the D backs just announced they would be placing him, I think, on the fifteen day fifteen day injured list with an oblique strain. And so, with that, the D backs were shaking up their rotation a little bit. They recalled Peter Solomon to go to the bullpen because now we got another rookie going into the rotation, Dre Jameson. And so, I'm very curious to see how Dre Jameson looks as a starter after being in the bullpen because guess what? Jameson has looked good coming out the bullpen so far for the D-backs, but now it's a different kind of role for him. So I wonder if mentally he's going to attack it differently because he's been coming out the bullpen just throwing gas, that slider. He throws as hard as possible. Fastball, same thing. Like He's coming out the bullpen, and yeah, he's been having extended appearances out the bullpen, going multiple innings, but even still, you know you're not going to have the length of a of a full start, right? So he can still go out there and just unleash and empty the tank when he's coming out the bullpen. But now that he's going to be a starter in the rotation, is it going to be the same thing? We're going to use a Peter Solomon as like that Caleb Smith where Dre Jameson can still go out there, unleash, empty the tank, maybe over four, five innings, and Peter Solomon comes in for an extended two, two, three inning appearance, maybe one to two innings, and then maybe you just throw in some more open relievers behind a Dre Jameson that could extend the game a little bit more like how Dre Jameson was for some of these D-back starters that were taking out the game early so very curious to see how the D-backs utilize and implement Dre Jameson going back in the rotation but I'm just glad and happy that I get to see a rotation once again with the Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson in it because those two guys potentially could be the building blocks the foundational pieces for the rotation moving forward and so far Ryan Nelson who his first two starts this year I think has looked solid not great but he also hasn't been terrible he's been serviceable I think in his two starts Dre Jameson out the bullpen has been real electric wonder if he could continue that electricity in the rotation, and if you can, that'll just be really exciting for D-backs fans and just give us more of a glimpse into the future. But looking ahead to Monday's game, the D-backs have a matchup against the Milwaukee Brewers, who are also quietly hot to start the season. The Brewers were one of the teams entering the year that I did not have high expectations for. This was a team that I thought could maybe be a borderline wildcard team, but was probably more likely to be on the outside looking in just because I didn't love the way they were stacked up offensively. Like I didn't like their lineup. Like I didn't think, I thought they were basically the rich man's version of maybe the Miami Marlins where you had that Really strong rotation. You had a couple dudes in your lineup, but maybe you weren't going to score enough runs to support your rotation. But so far, the Brewers are doing just enough, and they're getting some solid seasons from the Garrett Mitchells of the world in their lineup, the Brian Andersons of the world in their lineup. Like they're getting some crazy, like offensive contributions from guys I never heard of before. Like it's not the Christian Yelchers of the world that's doing it. It's like the Joey Weimers of the world is doing it for the Milwaukee Brewers. So. I think there was going to be some negative regression coming for the Brewers lineup, but you look at the rotation, it's still going to be as good as any in Major League Baseball. Corbin Burns hasn't been good to start the season, but Brandon Woodruff is still a stud. Freddie Peralta is still a stud. And on Monday, the D-backs are going to have Zach Gallon on the mound, who has not been good through his first two starts. Maybe this third start can be a get-right game against the Brewers, but we're going to see our familiar friend, and Wade Miley, who started his 
career with the D-backs, one-time All-Star that was in his second season with the D-backs. And he's someone that has quietly been really good the past couple seasons since 2021. He's been really good. You could even say since 2018, he's been really good. And so far with the Brewers, he had one start, six innings, five hits, no earned runs, three strikeouts, no walks. So that will be another that won't be an easy matchup. Now, Wade Miley is 36, so that does hopefully lean to the idea that maybe age will play a little factor. Maybe he's not throwing that hard, and the D-backs can tee off once again and continue this offensive explosion because I would love for the D-backs' momentum to keep it going in this uh, in this game against the Brewers because it's been really nice to see the D-backs explode offensively and of course you're not going to have a third straight game probably with double digit runs 15 plus hits it's just not likely to happen but if we could get another five run game from this d-backs maybe seven hits maybe three for seven three for eight runners in scoring position you would definitely take that would also like to see some walks drawn from this d-backs offense but most importantly zach allen has to get back on track if you have three straight starts to the Begin the season by Zach Allen, where he just does not look like himself. Like, I do think that's maybe a little bit of a concern. And he gets to go against a non-NL West rival in the Milwaukee Brewers, which will hopefully help out Zach Allen because this won't be a team that sees him constantly like the Dodgers and Padres do. So I like where the D-backs are sitting. D-backs are currently in first place in the NL West, but the Brewers are also a first place team. So even though we're playing our first non-NL West division opponent, this will not be an easy game. The Brewers have a better record than both the Padres and the Dodgers. So with that being said, it's going to be the third straight opponent where the D-backs have to play someone that looks like they're playoff bound and play someone that's really tough. The D-backs have yet to get a lull in their schedule, have yet to play a team like the Oakland A's or Cincinnati Reds, but keep them coming. Keep the pressure on because if the D-backs have another quality series where they maybe take, I don't even know how many uh, games they play against the Milwaukee Brewers. I always never look that up before I do these podcasts. Maybe I should. D-backs, three-game series against the Brewers. So if they take two out of three against the Brewers and have another series win against another quality team, guess what? I'm going to have to start coming on this podcast, riding that emotional roller coaster, and saying, get on, hop on the D-backs bandwagon because, babe, we're going to the playoffs. Now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. We'll be doing a crossover with Sully Baseball sometime this week, so be on the lookout for that. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day, the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball podcast with Matt and Dom, who will keep you up to date with fantasy news, strategies, and analysis all season long. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.